While millions of Americans are rushing and trying their best to get things done before Christmas Day, I'm sure even yourself, you have your own list that you're checking twice. So much has to happen, so much has to come together for everything to work out just right. But in the midst of all of this preparation, have you considered how you're going to share your faith and how you might take advantage of opportunities as they arise to talk to people about Jesus? It's your friends, it's your family, those closest to you that you're going to have those opportunities with. And if you're not ready, if you're not going to tell them about Christ, then who will? I'm Damon Matichera. Let's talk missions. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. I'm glad that you've tuned in once again as we continue our discussion on the Great Commission. And what better time to do that than on the week of Christmas? You know, I love, I love Christmas. I think it's a great holiday. I think that it's just a happy time. I mean, and who doesn't want to be happy? Uh, who doesn't want to have joy and peace and all of these qualities that are advertised during this time of the year? Now, the thing that where it gets tricky is where are we going for that joy? Where are we going for that peace? Are we, are we looking at Christ himself or are we looking at just trying to be happy, trying to get pleasure in things, trying to, to buy things? Uh, and, and giving presents to people does give a measure of joy and happiness. I mean, the Bible even says it's better to give than to receive. Uh, it's a spiritual truth. Uh, but yet, in each of us, there is a desire, an innate desire, a longing for more, to understand the reason. Uh, you know, years ago, I wanted to kind of do a survey here in Africa, and I wanted to ask the people what they thought about Santa Claus. You know, in America, I feel like Christmas has been commercialized to death. <laughs> I mean, I know all the marketing campaigns around Christmas include the reindeer, the North Pole, the elves, Santa himself, all of that. And, and you know, it's all good fun. Uh, but I just wanted to kind of, while I was in Africa, to ask and to see what they thought about Santa. Why not, right? Uh, maybe there was some similarities. So at first I had a really hard time because nobody knew who he was. I was saying, hey, uh, Muziwa Santa Claus, and they're like, ah, Sitiziwa. We don't know him. Uh, and, and so I tried explaining a little bit more of who he was. He was a man, he wore a red suit, he had a lot of impala and an ox cart connected to it, and it flew through the air, and in one night they went around dropping off presents for everyone. And it didn't really ring a bell with anyone that I talked with. In fact, uh, it, people were kind of alarmed. And one man, he said, I would never take a gift from him. How would I know where it came from? You know, it makes sense. <laughs> I mean, if you didn't know the guy, how could you know where the gift came from? I mean, did he steal it? Did he take it from someone? <laughs> Did it come from dubious means? I mean, these are all good questions. Uh, another person said, I would stay away from him because in the end, I could be very surprised. Uh, 
And who wants to be surprised, especially in a bad way? Another man said, you cannot trust a man that can fly. You can't really add much more to that. If he practices magic, then he's not good. He sounds like a man that would go against the word of God. I've never heard of him, but I don't like him. This man Santa can go everywhere and drop off presents. He sounds like God. He would have to be God. And then lastly, one man said, I would not take his gift. <laughs> and so there you have it. You have the African view of Santa Claus. If he were real, what would they think about him? And the verdict is out. They would look at him like he was a witch doctor. <laughs> Poor Santa. But, uh, you know, I, when I wrote that article, I named it uh, Reindeer Don't Fly in Africa. And so truly, they, you know, their, their culture and their history kind of shape their view of this character that in our American culture is harmless. But with them, you know, they have a lot of suspicion. You know, a guy just giving out presents, why is he giving out these free things? Uh, people just don't do that. And people who do should be doubted. And you should be cautious around them because are they trying to curse you? Are they trying to, to really get into your house to steal things? Uh, and so there's a lot, I thought it was really interesting just looking at a different view of an element of Christmas that is quite familiar with us. I mean, I don't think anyone really looked at Santa in that same way because of our, our culture and our history. Now, again, there are people who really love Santa and there are people who really hate him. Now, I'm not going to go so far as to say that, oh, he's the Antichrist. You know, in our family, we prioritize what Christmas is all about and how it is about Jesus. Um, we want to come together with people so that we can witness to them, so that we can talk about the real reason of the holiday. Um, but if people want to put up a Christmas tree, we have a Christmas tree. We put up the lights, the decorations, and we have a good time. Um, you know, but Christmas needs to be a time where the gospel is prioritized, where we want to share our faith and to be a light to the people around us. We need to take advantage of opportunities, maybe with our extended family, with coworkers, with our neighbors, but to take advantage of opportunities to share the gospel. Because sometimes opportunities come and then they go. And who knows, the next time you're going to have an opportunity like the one that you're going to have this week. And it doesn't need to be awkward. A lot of times, for many, witnessing to others about their faith is a very awkward experience. It's common for Christians to feel unprepared, inadequate, or even embarrassed when speaking about Jesus Christ. You know, often we're thinking, you know, what are they going to think about me? How are they going to look at me as I try to talk to them about spiritual matters? Because they're not really spiritually inclined. And are they going to really write me off? Are they going to think I'm weird? Are they going to look at me like I'm odd? Well, let me break it to you just right now so that you can have the whole week free to be free for Christ. Maybe you are a little odd. Maybe you are a little different. There's nothing wrong with that. I think we all are a little strange in our own way. And so just embrace it that, yeah, maybe we're a little weird. Maybe you're a little weird, uh, but that's okay. So just be weird in a good way. 
<laughs> and, and, and tell people about Christ. Tell them about, about what he's done for you. Sometimes we falter and we hesitate to find the right words, uh, the right approach to explain a little bit of what, what Christ means to us and what he's done in our life. And so don't make it an awkward experience because when you're awkward and when you're nervous, the people you're talking to, they're going to feel awkward and they're going to feel nervous. And the only thing they're going to want to run to is to the punch bowl to get the, another drink <laughs> because they're just out of their element. So be ready though. Be ready and understand that this is your time. This is the opportunity that maybe you've been waiting for. Uh, for many people, the holidays invokes a sense of nostalgia where they remember days from a long ago, years ago, maybe growing up, uh, thinking of loved ones, thinking of their own personal Christmas experiences in their own home. Uh, the, listening to the Christmas carols and just decorating the tree, doing all these really fun things with family. Uh, but there's a lot of nostalgia. There's a lot of just looking back and saying, wow, I remember those times. And it really makes people happy. And they start thinking about the good old days. There's a, a prevailing aura of holiday cheer that, again, it brings in that happiness and people are willing to entertain conversations that they would otherwise not have the patience for. Uh, and I think this is something that we need to remember, that come January, come February, all of these happy feelings <laughs> might be gone. They might not be as open. Okay, There is right now in December, this week, there is a cultural acceptance of the nativity. People are thinking about Jesus, and it's not especially repulsive to them, um, which is a good thing because they may be just a little bit more open. They may be willing, at the very least, to think about Christ, to think about, hey, what if this story is real? What if he is the Son of God? What if he was born? What if he really did die for me? And so if we can help people just to think a little bit, if we can be ready for these opportunities, I think we should be. Because, you know, for some people, it's a hard time of year. Uh, people are lonely. People have gone through maybe hardship. Maybe people are thinking about uh, loved ones and they want community. More importantly, I think people have this innate desire for God. Now, we go to different things and people in the world go to different things. Um, what before we accept Christ, we look for this peace in the world around us. We look for peace in pleasure, in buying things, in what we think is going to appeal to us, what we think is going to help us. But every person wants connection. Every person wants purpose and meaning. Uh, we want to know, why are we here? What is my purpose? And do I have a connection with anyone in this world around me? What relationships do I have? You see, Christmas is a time where people are thinking about all of this. It's like the complete package. There's times of happiness and joy, but then there's also times where people are lonely and people are concerned and people are, are sad. And so whichever way uh, people around us are leaning, we should be ready for the opportunity because we know that Jesus is the answer. 
He's the answer to this dilemma, and he gives us purpose. He gives us meaning. He brings connection with people who value the same things that you do. We call that the church. He's brought the church together, a group of people who share in a like-minded faith. They have a connection. They have that commonality in Christ. You know what? I think people want that. I think people want to feel like they're part of something. And this Christmas season, this week, is our time to show people around us that Christ is the answer. That Christ is the one who can deliver. Now, we know Santa can deliver, but Jesus really delivers. And when he comes through, he can show us our need. He shows us why. I mean, Jesus, the very reason why he came was to die for our sin. The very reason that Jesus came was because we were sentenced in our guilt before God. Our position before God was that we were guilty and we were condemned. But God gave us a way. God gave us a way that we could be saved. You know, I was reading an article about how Christians should show their faith during this Christmas season. And, you know, people have different ways of doing things, and that's great. Uh, I thought it was kind of interesting, a few of the things that they said. Uh, they said decorating the house with lights can be used to point out what the Bible says about our character as lights of the world. You know, it's a little odd. It's, it's a little different, granted, uh, but maybe it can work. Um, you know, I mean, it's not like I'm going to, you know, talk to my uncle and say, hey, you see those lights? <sighs> those lights represent me. I'm the light of the world. And uh, I'm here to light your way, to show you how you can be saved, because you need the light. Uh, I'm not sure if, you know, that's going to, I mean, yeah, when I look at the lights, I can understand that I am the light of the world, but I'm not going to use it in a way to talk to people. <laughs> Another one was placing red decorations on the Christmas tree can be used to illustrate Christ's blood on the tree. And, and, and definitely there's an analogy there. Uh, I think it's kind of stretching it a little bit. And, and listen, I'm not trying to be Scrooge here, but when I'm, with, when I'm talking to Aunt Sally and we're admiring the Christmas tree and the joy and the beauty, looking at her and saying, yeah, the, the red on the tree, that, that kind of reminds me of the blood of Christ. It's kind of a, a mood killer. And, and I think she's probably going to look at me and, and going to go, whoa, man, what is up with Damon? And kind of move away, running to the punch bowl once again. Uh, and, and listen, if you're doing a devotion, you could give the example. Maybe it jives with the people around you, but I'm not really sure. I mean, we could look at the presence under the tree, talking about the gift of God, perhaps. Um, you know, some, on the article, they say to put a cross on the wall or maybe a star on the tree, um, you know, maybe a nativity scene. I mean, but at the end of the day, you can put a nativity scene in every room of the house, but those things are just not enough. I mean, whether you're going to use the lights or the red ornaments or a star or a cross, these things, maybe they're good, but it's not enough as a witnessing tool to help people understand their need, their need for Christ. We need to focus on what's important. We need to know how to communicate. We need to pick our battles and to stay on target. You know, a lot of times, um, unbelievers, they know how to push our buttons. And 
they want to get into arguments. You know, growing up, there was always a classic Christmas argument in our Matachera extended family gathering. Uh, it was always fun. I mean, it was always, I mean, it was, we got used to it, almost like we were looking forward to the big family fight. Um, <laughs> but, but stay on target when you go to these family functions. Understand, you don't need to get into a war over whether they say happy holidays or season's greetings instead of saying Merry Christmas. Okay, you don't need to shoot them down. Uh, listen, I agree with you. How we define things matter. I'm a big advocate for having the right terminology and not compromising in our, in our definitions. You know, because I think words matter. Uh, redefining words redefines the culture. And so we don't want to do that. But at the same time, pick your battles. I mean, if you want to argue about Happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, all of that, I mean, have at it. But really, is it helping you get to your goal? Is it helping you bring people to a conversation where you could have an opportunity to give them the gospel? You know, I, I would say avoid the, the Santa, no Santa debate. Um, again, people are going to want to push your buttons. Uh, and they're gonna they're gonna want to talk about all of these different things. I mean, you don't need to go into the biblical evidence for why the early church in the New Testament did not observe Christmas. Okay, I mean, if you want to talk about that, you can. I wouldn't. Uh, it's not again. It's not. It's not re relevant for the occasion. People are there. They don't know Christ. They don't know your terminology. We want to start a conversation that helps them to come to Christ to at least have um, an idea of what this is all about. Maybe to spark some curiosity, to get them to start thinking about their own life and their own need for Jesus. Uh, maybe don't argue over the moral dilemma of whether you should have a Christmas tree or not. I have friends who are willing to die on that sword. They want, you know, everyone to know they are against Christmas trees and if you have a Christmas tree then you know you you might as well have just taken the mark of the beast from the book of Revelation because it's a big deal to them listen but it's not a big deal to your family and it's not a big deal you know to Aunt Susie focus on the gospel <laughs> focus on the gospel these aren't battles that are going to help you accomplish your goal of presenting uh, this amazing gift from God. You know, we need to have answers that are thought out. We need to be thinking ahead in advance. You know, oftentimes when I'm prepping for a meeting um, or, you know, a speaking event that I'm going to be going to, I'm going to be thinking about all of the possible questions, even all of the possible objections to the topic that I'm going to be presenting. Um, and even with this topic, I have a list of things talking about Christmas. I have a list of things that I'm prepared for if people have an objection, if people have a comment. In my mind and on paper, I have something written down. I'm, I know, I almost, as I'm preparing a speech, I'm writing down ob objections to my own speech. So I can be thinking ahead. We should do the same thing. If you're getting ready to go to a family event, in your mind, you don't need to have a notebook, but in your mind, have a list of obje objections that you know they're going to have with your faith and with what you believe. Uh, just write those stuff down. You know, they may come to you looking for a fight. 
you know, and they may say, hey, you know, is Santa going to come early this year? Or is he going to give you some coal? Knowing that maybe you, you know, you prioritize Christ. And so they want to push your buttons thinking that talking about Santa is going to, you know, get you all riled up. You know, I would say something like, man, I'm not sure, you know, I'm not really sure where I stand with Santa, but I know with God, man, I've fallen short. In fact, the Bible says, for all, <laughs> for all of sin and come short of the glory of God. So I know that I don't measure up with God, but we'll have to see about Santa. You know, and right there, I, I, I redirected from maybe an attack on my faith to an opportunity to present my faith. And hopefully in a way that encourages a discussion where people can even continue and follow up with something else. I mean, you really never know where a conversation is going to go and what people are going to say. But just be ready. Be prepared, but be ready to redirect. And, and don't misunderstand. I'm not saying to evade in a conversation where you're constantly not answering questions. Uh, but just know how to look at the question and to understand it for what it is and where the question is coming from and who is giving the question. Understand that they don't know God. And if they're unbelievers, I mean, they're not doing anything strange or, you know, different from what we would expect from an unbeliever. Uh, you're a Christian. If you know God, you've, you have more light from God. You have more revelation from God. Uh, you should be the one that knows how to introduce Christ to these people. And so do your best, but take advantage of opportunities. So be ready to share your faith. You don't know what kind of opportunities you're going to have, but be ready, be respectful. If you're going to someone's house, don't just take over and say, okay, guys, I have a 45-minute message, five points, and an altar call. Be ready to get saved. It's happening now. I mean, I don't think that's going to work too well. I mean, they're going to hear you. They're going to, re they're going to hear the gospel, but they're not going to accept it. They're not going to believe it. They will not be persuaded. So again, remember, what is your goal? Do you want to just throw the gospel at them so they hear it? You know, bless God, they heard the gospel. Or do you want to actually persuade people? Now, granted, it's not so much us persuading as it is presenting the message and allowing God to work in their life to convict them of their sin and to draw them to him. But there are things that we can do to help the message as we give it out. And there are things that we sometimes do that hurt the message <laughs> as we give it out. Uh, don't hold people hostage, um, you know, on Christmas Day, uh, just keeping them there because they're a captive audience. Okay, be respectful. Talk about the birth of the Savior and how he's not a baby anymore. It's not just about baby Jesus, but he grew up. He became a man and he died on a cross for our sin. Bring your friends to church. Maybe you have a Christmas program. We talked about how some churches have that cantata or a concert. Uh, often the gospel is given, but as you invite your family and your friends to these events, follow up afterwards with questions like, hey, what do you think about what you heard tonight? What do you think about the message and how the pastor talked about Jesus and eternal life? Um, find out where they are. But remember, the best methods when you're presenting the gospel are ones that are res respectful, ones that are well thought out and that are going to engage people in a conversation, not just telling people what they have to believe and how they have to believe it. Be ready for those 
conversion conversations. But don't rush people, don't force people. The last thing you want is for people just to say a prayer to shut you up. You, we don't want false professions of faith uh, because they were rushing and they had enough of listening to you and so they just wanted to go. They just wanted it to end. Okay, know how to talk to people. Understand that when you're talking to people, they're not just going to allow you in to understand and to hear their core beliefs. They're not just going to uh, bring up things that are personal to them, you know, as soon as you start talking. If you try to rush it and you go to the heart of the matter, you're going to scare them. You're going to intimidate them and they're going to close up. You have to allow them to open up and to share with you uh, where they are spiritually and what they think and how they're coming to their conclusions. Start with small talk and go from there. Maybe, you know, everyone can appreciate, you know, the weather. So how's the weather where you live? <laughs> you know, maybe you'll talk about sports, family, shared history, all of these things uh, you could be having in common with the person that you're talking with. But understand that as you're talking to them, you're looking for these ways to go deeper into the conversation. Um, you're looking at what, what choices is this person making? Um, what, is, what are their values in their life? What do they believe? You can tell a lot about someone based on their choices and what they believe. Um, you can ask yourself, what are their core beliefs? You know, a lot of times our core beliefs are shaped by our culture. Now for the Christian, our core beliefs should be shaped by the Word of God. That revelation, that divine revelation we receive from God comes from the Bible. But with an unbeliever, it's shaped solely by their culture and their shared experiences. So we have to know that, that they're not going to be using the Bible as their standard. They're not going to be, their, their core beliefs, their worldview is not going to be shaped by the Bible. But knowing how to talk to people is the best place to start. It's, it's where we have to start. You know, we have these entry conversations, small talk. And when we, when we start in a conversation, you know, maybe it's just questions like, hey, uh, what do you do in your free time? Or did you grow up around here? Tell me about your family. Uh, but just be constantly looking for places where you can go a little deeper without forcing the conversation. You know, if you stay just scratching the surface with the small talk, I mean, you could talk about sports and the latest TV shows all night long, but that's not going to bring them closer to salvation. And even if, you know, you, you say, well, I'm just trying to be a friend, you should be a friend and you should not push. But at the same time, just scratching the surface is not enough. Look for entry points. Look for ways that you can uh, continue to, to go to the next layer in that conversation. What is an entry point? Well, that's a natural opening in the conversation that invites you to ask what we call an investigative question. Okay, so here's, a, here's an example. So let's say you're talking to someone, maybe an uncle, an aunt, a cousin, and you say, hey, so did you grow up around here? Okay, there's a question. And maybe, you know, your, your friend, he replies, and he says, yeah, I've, I've lived here all my life. I grew up right by the old church. Now, at this point in the conversation, you're just engaged in small talk. Um, you know, yeah, where do you live? Oh, I grew up on the street, you know, right by the old church. But then you, you could say, oh, the church. 
um, did you go to church growing up? And right there, you've just brought up an investigative question. You've gone a little bit deeper. You're learning a little bit more about this person that you're talking to. And, and they're like, you know, I used to go to church, um, you know, back in the day growing up. Uh, I used to go all the time, in fact, but when I went to college, maybe I stopped and things just kind of, you know, kind of tapered off from there. Uh, but your prayer should be to reach that place where you're able to go a little bit deeper in the conversation where people are now opening up and you're, they're telling you about themselves. They're giving you that history leading you to their core beliefs, to their worldview. Uh, and then that's where you learn what is really shaping who they are and how they come to their decisions. So in that scenario with your friend and they say, yeah, I kind of, I was going to church, but I stopped. I mean, maybe a follow-up question. If, if you feel like there is an opening still, uh, there's an entry point, and you feel like, or even with their body language, that they're not totally annoyed with you by now, <laughs> maybe you could say, well, may I ask, what caused you to lose interest in the church? And, and that, again, is another investigative question where you're going a little bit deeper now, and now they're either going to just say, well, yeah, well, or they'll, they'll, they might say something like, well, I just don't believe that stuff anymore. Um, I kind of got away from it, or I really want to start back up. I just have been so busy. And then from there, you have such an opportunity to go really anywhere, any different route to present the gospel. But to get there, it, it goes step by step. You need to be patient. You need to have long suffering. You need to have a plan. You need to be intentional with where you're going in the conversation. You need to be respectful um, and allow them to kind of to bring you around to where you can eventually present the gospel. But once you're talking about their core values, that's when the discussion gets real. So have answers thought out in advance. Even now, I mean, you're getting ready for Christmas, have your answers thought out. It may take one hour or it may take one year. It may take 10 years to reach someone where they can open up and allow you to give them a clear presentation of the gospel. But whether it, it, it's a short amount of time or a long amount of time, the goal is to get there. Ultimately, we need to do our best to respectfully present the gospel while understanding that God is the one who works in their heart. God is the one who works in their lives, drawing them. Allow God to use you in this redemptive process. So how prepared are you this week? We're looking to this 25th, this, this date. It's coming up fast. You're going to be meeting with family. You're going to be eating with them. You're going to be talking with them. Are you ready? Are you prepared to share your faith? Are you just as knowledgeable in sharing your faith as you are with talking about sports or the latest movie? This is where we need to be. We need to be just as confident in the things of God as we are in the things of this world. And so I want to encourage you this week, do your best and live your faith, but in a way where you can share it, in a way where you can help people to know God and have a relationship with Him. And so uh, let me know, and maybe you can write us or post a comment, but let us know how your Christmas went. And maybe if you had an opportunity, uh, how did that go? And were you able to talk to anyone and to be a witness? So thanks again for tuning in. We really appreciate you. 
Um, again, we do what we do here in Africa because of people like you who are supporting the cause. Um, we want you, if you haven't already, to join Team Hope. Uh, you can sign up to receive our bi-monthly newsletter on our website, hopezambia.com. That is hopezambia, Z-A-M-B-I-A, hopezambia.com. Or you can follow us online on Facebook, on Instagram, um, and just kind of interact with us. We try to keep that updated each week. Um, but if you would like to, we are also looking for people, for churches to partner with us financially so that we can continue to grow our work and to move forward with the ministry that God has given us here in Zambia, Africa. So from all of us here in Zambia to all of you, wherever you may be, have a very merry Christmas. And I pray that God gives you that opportunity that you've been looking for and hopefully that you've been praying for. So share your faith and be on mission. Take care and God bless.